Hello, welcome ventures to the travel log podcast in which I, Stephen Hopper, my pronouns are he, him, and Lily Lavin, she, her, will be diving into the world of Faerun from the Dungeons and Dragons tabletop role-playing game. You will go area by area, town by town, to provide a background of canonical lore, as well as suggestions on what type of encounters you can run in an area, or what type of characters you can create whose backgrounds are based in an area. This week, we're covering Red Larch and the Summer Hills. Lily, what's your favorite western? Oh, I mean, okay, so growing up, I really liked westerns with a twist mostly because my mom really liked clint eastwood okay right right like her favorite movies were clint eastwood so we used to watch you know fistful of dollars good the bad and the ugly all the time a more kind of modern western that i really liked was um desperado Mm. and then its sequel once upon a time in mexico one time when i was a little kid i went as johnny depp from once upon a time in mexico on halloween (laughs) and we did a bunch of makeup to look like my eyes had been drilled out of my skull because he gets his eyes drilled out of his skull in that movie. I had the, he also has that fake arm so that yeah. he can always have a gun under the table. I had the fake arm. I had the wow. gun. I had the eyes drilled out of my head and everything. I was like 12. Full out. Damn. I, oh, we used to go full out, me and my mom, every Halloween. Damn. I won the costume contest at my elementary school that year, even though it was too gory for an elementary school. Yeah, gruesome <laughs> for was, an elementary school. It was great. School. I love that costume. <laughs> Otherwise, like, does Yojimbo count? <laughs> well, it, yeah, it's the, very close to Fistful of Dollars. But yeah, Yojimbo is your favorite samurai movie? I mean, I don't know. Fistful of Dollars is also really good. So it's good, bad, and the ugly. I'm just saying that, like, they're kind of the same movie. Right. Yeah. No, well, um, yeah, I think they are very much like... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so I think it's, you know, it depends on the flavor you're, I'm, I'm feeling that day. Yeah. Right? Do we yeah. Want, do we want guns and spurs? Or do we want, you know, uh, hair buns and katanas? Right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I I think my favorite... Seven Samurai. I'll do... Yeah. Seven Samurai. You're saying that's my favorite or that's your favorite? I'm just... I'm, no, I'm just yeah. adding that to the yeah. mix. Sorry, I was just blanking on the name. Seven Samurai I love. I think Seven Samurai or um, Escape from the Hidden Fortress, I really like. Uh, Escape from the Hidden Fortress is the one that inspired C-3PO and Earp 2D2. Like, they're two bumbling right. peasants that are, like, trying to run away from war and they accidentally end up in this hidden, like castle with the scary samurai and the uh queen is pretending not to be a queen that's cool yeah it's pretty good um but yeah i I do love seven samurai it's just really good the like bringing the team together and the teaching everyone uh but um my favorite western is quick and the dead i love quick and the dead I don't know if I've seen it. Oh, it's uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Sharon Stone. It's directed by Sam Raimi. Oh, shit. And the whole idea is that, I forget why, but like in this small town, Gene Hackman is like the mayor of the small town. They have a competition, a quick draw competition, and whoever wins gets like a shit ton of money or like one favor. And so you just put your name up and every two, two times a day, at this time you go and you quick draw and you know you shoot out in the thing and it's just like really fun different like named characters it's very video gamey where it's like this person like knockout or like a fighting game it's like this person versus this person this person versus this person right um yeah it's a really fun movie um and it's got that sam raimi like you know zoom in crazy yeah it's it's good i I recommend it it's really good yeah, I don't think we can talk about Westerns. We already mentioned them, but I don't think we can bring up Westerns without bringing up samurai movies. They're the yeah. same. They're the same. They both influenced the each other, yeah. and they have the same filming techniques, the same trope characters. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's what really makes a Western a Western, is the, the tropes, the yeah. character archetypes. 
yeah the the wandering band oh no the wandering cowboy and the um oh, what's the name why is that am i blanking on this the ronin yeah exactly they're they're like very similar yeah yeah exactly and then you've always got the you know the uh corrupt spineless rich character and then you've got the uh you know the ugly <laughs> the ugly enemy the put upon the, the yeah. like farmer who's put upon always yeah and then uh the drunk i would have to say that if we're broadening the category a little bit uh cowboy bebop mm. space cowboy okay um, yeah it's the yeah, best yeah, way yeah, i've got perfect. a tattoo for it it's it's not it's, <laughs> it's 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 it has the tropes and it has the camera work of a western so i'm it gonna does. i'm gonna it count does. it and say that's the best one uh, fair enough all right <laughs> red larch is a way stop of roughly 600 folk it's about a seven-day ride north of Waterdeep. Red Larch stands atop a long, low ridge that serves as the westernmost edge of a region of monster-infested hills. The ridge was crowned by a landmark brilliant red stand of larches, but the trees were felled long ago by the town's first settlers. Today, Red Larch is a busy trade town. It's the site of the local's farmer's market, as well as a large and successful wagon works, a buckle and lock factory, a cattle market that attracts buyers from all over the north and all down the Sword Coast. Renlarch is also known for a nourishing, though unspectacular, table staple, savory crumble cakes. These are moist loaves of nuts, chickpea mash, chopped roots and greens, and turkey and wild fowl scraps, all baked together. They are wholesome trail food for the traveled. The local inns also serve them, accompanied by various strong sauces, usually fried onions or gravy. In recent years, new quarries have been opened on the northwestern edge of town. So far as these have yielded up great slabs of marble, much prized in Waterdeep for facing new large buildings and repairing old edifices. Red Larch is also a center for stonecutters quarrying slate on the fringes of the Sumber Hills. While Red Larch remains prosperous, dark omens are appearing. The heart of the Sumber Hills has become far more dangerous, with monsters lurking seemingly everywhere. Banned trees on the rise, and the weather seems to be getting more and more severe and unpredictable. Several Red Larcher shepherds have seen strange figures, watching them from distant hillsides in the wild fields east of town, where they have traditionally grazed their flocks. Quarry workers used to cut by torchlight when orders were backing up, but do so no longer, shunning the pits by night. They are spooked by rumors of dark-robed figures in stone masks lurking in the darkness beyond the torchlight. The townsfolks fear that dangerous times are at hand, but no one seems to know what to do about it. The noise is getting louder. The further we go down, the louder the noises get. This terrible drumming coming from in the quarries. This terrible, terrible drumming. I feel it is too late for I. Get out while you can. Yeah. Bam. Cool. <laughs> Wicked. Yeah. The second it said quarry, I was going to be like, yo, they dug too right, deep. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. And then it started going on to them digging too deep. It's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I think a couple things. One, one, once a settlement starts getting stuff like this, money, mm-hmm. once a settlement yeah. starts getting money, it's the perfect place for uh, starting a campaign right, because yeah. of the fact that like, Money attracts bandits. Money attracts hordes of orcs. Money attracts trouble. Mm. What did Jay-Z say? More money, more problems. You right, know? yeah. That's, it's true in every world. And so now that they have this quarry, you know, all of a sudden this little sleepy town is like, oh shit, we need adventurers. Yeah, exactly. They were not ready for what this was all going to bring. Yeah. 
So I, th- I think it could be a good place to start a campaign, mm-hmm. you know, and then as you kind of quest in and out of Red Larch, you know, stopping bandit leaders, maybe some cults come. Uh, well, stone gi- stone giant is too high for that. But, you know, speaking uh, of cults, this is where Prince of the Apocalypse kind of takes her place around cool yeah and then uh you know doing these little quests and then as you do these small quests in red in and around red larch right mm-hmm. because of course the quests open up into bigger things you stop the little bandit tribe but then it yeah. turns out the little bandit tribe are funded by this so you attack that and then you come back to red larch and they're like yo we're seeing weird shit yeah and then you go huh interesting okay we're gonna go deal with those orcs now you go deal with the orcs and you come back and they go Yo, we're seeing even more weird shit yeah <laughs> you know and then your fourth people are going missing you know exactly and then your fourth quest in red larch is we dug too deep Mm -hmm. yeah time to go deal with whatever's down there you hit a tomb an ancient cursed tomb that could be so freaking cool Mm, yeah that could be super cool you know like a maybe like a yeah like a tomb from ancient saruk oh yeah or you can go like kind of genie with it and you like found an old portal to the elemental plane and now like dao are coming out with their servitors and like you know taking people it back for to work in their places in the, the brass city or something. It depends what level you are, I suppose. Yeah. Because that would be yeah. like 10th level, maybe. Right. Maybe too high. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> maybe even if you're going to go to the city of brass, then like 20th level. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it could be literally anything you want. The reason I was thinking like a Saruk tomb or something less elemental was just because of these like dark robed figures and stuff. Right. right, right Stone yeah. masks. It really uh, elicits this kind of, I don't know, like ancient civilization feel, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, you're right, you're right. Yeah, that's very true. And maybe you could even get it to escalate further that, like, these people sequestered themselves down there. Why? Right? And so maybe you're fighting them and you kill them and, like, they were doing this... They were they were doing bad stuff. You don't want, like, this gotcha moment. I mean, maybe you do. It depends on your party and what you're planning. But then at the end, it turns out maybe they sequestered themselves because they had a you know a seer or a glimpse into the future and they saw a terrible evil coming in the future and so they sequestered themselves down underground here so that they would be reawoken when it came time to stop this creature and they can't speak any languages you know or something you know and so you don't know this until you've obliterated them yeah (laughs) and then at the very end you see their you know inscription that explains this evil and you feel rumbling under the ground and you're like oh fuck and now you have to take on their burden right yeah i think that's really cool i like that a lot of like yeah i don't know ancient civilizations uh like the saruk like the nethries i find them really cool i'm a sucker for like finding out about stuff like that so yeah involving them would make me so stoked as a player or maybe the people sequestered down there sequestered them because they were summoning this great evil, mm, you know, right. sequestered themselves, but they couldn't do it until, you know, thousands of years in the future. And so they sequestered themselves down there in a spot they knew using divination magic would get dug up mm, at a certain era. Right. And so they've been awoken. And, you know, as you get to the end of it, the boss guy summons this great evil. And maybe there was another group. That also sequestered themselves to stop this, and then they can help you. <laughs> if you wanted to play a bit in, back in the timeline, you could have it where, like, they were Saruk or some ancient civilization, probably Saruk, though, that fought against the primordials before the first sun, well, before the two uh, Dawn Cataclysm or whatever split the two worlds in two. And so your divination was the spell plague when it was started to, like, muddle again, that you would have to come back to fight it. And so you could have, like, more during the spell plague. And have that the reason why they wake up, you know? That'd be cool. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. 
You could also have, I just really like the dug too deep. Yeah. yeah. We, we dug too, maybe, okay, maybe they didn't sequester themselves to come up in the future. Someone else sequestered them, couldn't kill them at the time, you know, mm, and right. now these miners have woke them up and they've just gone straight back to the ritual they were doing 10,000 years ago. And then you could pull a mummy, you know, Ooh, the mummy, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the movie, yeah. and the movie, have, yeah. there is a group of people that their entire lives they have been taught that these people are going to come back one day. Right. And so, because you know how in The Mummy there's that, uh, the side character that exists, he, him, his dad, his father's father, his father's father's father, they were all trained to stop people from awaking Imhotep, right? Right. So maybe those people exist. It's like this cult that has existed because they knew these people would wake up one day and they were getting ready and then they can become your allies. Right, yeah. Like this kind of yeah, I like that. ancient yeah. order that have been silent until mm -hmm. now. Just make it straight up mummies, because when's yeah. the last time you fought a mummy in D&D? I know they're yeah. there. I know they have a cool stat block, but when's the last time you fought one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you could just straight up do the plot of the, the mummy. <laughs> <laughs> just do the mummy here. Just don't fight over who gets to be Brandon Fraser. Yeah. A dozen of Red Larch town elders have a secret. They belong to a secret society that calls itself the Believers. It isn't quite a cult. Although it has special ceremonies and rites passed down for generations, it isn't quite a civic organization, despite the fact that some of the wealthiest and most powerful people in Red Larch are members. The members of the Believers use their secret association to guide town affairs, plot against business competitors, and sometimes take care of people who cause problems when it comes clear that something must be done for the good of the town. The funniest thing about this secret society yeah. is it's a town of 600 I know, people. right? <laughs> like, this is some, like, uh, what is it, like, the Stepford Wives, you know, where it's like, there's this weird culty thing going on, but only right. in this, like, tiny neighborhood, but right? speaking of our mummy plan... This is the exact yeah. people I was talking about. And yes, these yeah, could they've be... They've gone, them. like, muddled over the time. Like, the, the purpose kind of got lost, but, like, that is why they're together. This... This could be exactly them. And they, uh, yeah, it could become kind of like an ally organization slash patron or something. Yeah. yeah I just cool. like the idea of this secret, not quite cult cult <laughs> in a town of 600 people. 600 like, people. <laughs> yeah. Like everyone's part of it. Dave's not. Yeah, but we don't want Dave. <laughs> We're pulling things behind the scenes. Dude, you're just the local government. Yo, exactly. we are a secret organization. Oh. <laughs> you're just the council, dude. There's only 600 of us. You think we don't see you meeting? <laughs> dude, it's called a civil council. It's not... <laughs> what? <laughs> On the west side of the long road, just south of the inn's stable yard, stands what looks like a grand stone mansion. Two wide wooden doors painted with the symbols of many gods stand open day and night. Inside is a plain chapel with a stone altar. The All Faiths Shrine is a wayside shrine used by many faiths and owned by none. Priests shuffle out from Waterdeep in pairs for month-long stay. Each pairing includes priests of two different faiths arranged by Waterdavian temples. The most frequent combinations are Soon and Saloon, Timora and Lathander, and Tempest and Ogma. The visits... The visiting priests dwell in two simple stone rooms in the back of the temple. They bring their own vestments and holy items and take them away again when their duties end. You know, when I was talking about Lathander and uh, Shanti, Shanti getting it on? Yeah. Lathander also gets it on with Timor. Oh, of, of course. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> this is why this is why that combination is there. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. Fuckboy Lathander. <laughs> uh, north. Just sleeping with all just of sleep them. Just sleeping with all of them. <laughs> North stands the swinging sword. The inn is a three-story stone structure crowned by a steep slate roof that bristles with many chimneys. A signboard juts out over the door, hanging from chains. 
It's a 10-foot-long carved wooden scimitar emblazed with the inn's name in red paint on both sides. An inn yard with stables and outbuildings lies behind the building. The swinging sword is a welcoming and luxurious by the area's rustic standards. Each room boasts a hearth, warm draperies and tapestries, and running water, provided by rooftop cisterns. Now run by the Urkel family, Steve Urkel family from Waterdeep, <laughs> the inn has become a popular... Did I do that? <laughs> uh, the inn has become a popular stopover for wayfarers in the Dasaran Valley. The topmost guest floor is given over to dormitories where travelers sleep cheap in rooms shared with up to six guests, but lower floors are divided into pleasant suites of guest rooms, each with its own guard robe. There's also a dining room on the ground floor. The inn is old and dark, and it's full of secret passages and storage closets. There are also plenty of mice and cats that chase them. Wow, the swinging sword. I think what would be really funny is so if you were playing kind of a... You know, if you were using Red Larch as your hub for the beginning of a campaign, like I was saying earlier, because of the all the quest fodder, because they've hit gold, right? Kind of like a, the quarry can kind of be like a gold rush kind of thing, right? Yeah. Like if your players are coming in and out of Red Larch a lot, I think it could be quite funny because this temple is always different fates that are there, right? It's not consistent. Um, I think it'd be really funny as you have someone outside of the temple who's just like only in Red Larch because they need this temple to be right. to their god. Yeah. And so everyone that comes, the priests that show up, so I would say uh, Temple to, uh, I would say he's waiting for Tamora, right? Because Tamora's a trickster god. In a different, if you're running a different pantheon, you can make it Loki or something. And uh, so he's waiting for Tamora. And anytime the new priests come, you know, the Tempest and Ogma priests show up and they're like, yeah, Tamora will be here tomorrow. And they just always tell the guy, Tamora's right. priest will be here tomorrow. <laughs> And it's just, <laughs> it's just because a long Tamora is a goddess of trickery and pranks, right? This is the prank. And every other priest, all the other priests, <laughs> they're all going along with it. And so this guy is just, every yeah. time you come back to Red Larch, he's just still there. He's just still waiting for it. And he knows they're fucking with them because he knows his god is the goddess of fuckery. And, but, but there's just nothing he can do about it. And he just has to sit there and enjoy the yeah, irony exactly. of, he's like, you know, being tricked yeah, by the I god like when he's a trickster cleric himself. <laughs> yeah, I like that a lot. That's great. I think that'd be quite funny. You could become like friends with him. Uh, one day. You're like, ah, oh, you're still you're still waiting around, Johnny. Yeah, they said she'll be here tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> and he's 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 like he's just a staple of the city at this point. He's been here like a year. Finally gets to talk to tomorrow. He's like, Why did you never come? You always said you'd be there tomorrow. And it's like, well, it was always today when I woke up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, the priest just never comes. It just never comes. It never comes. Your party leaves Red Large before this guy gets his priest. <laughs> yeah, that's great. It just this this paragraph at too. the end of the at the end of the campaign after you've dealt with the elder evil they dug up in the quarry <laughs> your party level twenty returns to Red Larch where it all began and they see Johnny's still there <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> he's still there he's still waiting some things never change IRL it's like three years later <laughs> yeah the swinging sword it, it says like bristles with many chimneys and it it's the first time it occurred to me it's like yeah if you had a inn and tavern back then sure you could like stack the chimneys up between floors but like yeah you would have a lot of chimneys you'd have like one per room that's crazy oh yeah 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 definitely yeah well depending on how you organized yeah. it yeah also one for the kitchen the helmet high sun is a large dimly lit wood paneled tap room an open tread wooden staircase climbs to the upper floor 
which is just as dim and darkly paneled as the tap room. Across the back of the tap room is a long bar with three copper candle lanterns hanging over it, and a stair leading down the cellars. The Helmet High Sun is where locals relax, gossip, flirt, tell jests and war stories of their working days, and get drunk. It's not a place for refined dining. A dozen servers work shifts at the helm, most nights. Two cover the ground floor and one waits on guests in the upper floor. The staff at the helm don't gossip, but they direct anyone who questions them to other patrons they think might talk about a particular subject. A gift of a drink loosens most tongues. No one bothers you in the helm, they say. This motto is forced by a silent, attentive, and menacing helmed horror. It is an empty, animated suit of armor that serves as a waiter, usher, bouncer, and sometimes a cloak wreck. The horror is known as a relic, and it is under the mental control of the helm's owner. How the fuck did this guy get a helmed horror? I know, right? <laughs> That's funny. What the fuck? He just found it on one of his adventures. He's like, hmm free bouncer how did he get, how did he get this what the heck the thing's like death to 90 percent of the population <laughs> right health horrors are messed up they can like fly and shit it's terrifying it's just a waiter here i guess it doesn't talk it just like silently flies over and like puts down yeah. your drinks and uh freaking in this tiny little town of 600 too yeah that's great uh, it's like, what are you hiding here, buddy? He's like, nothing. 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 It's just, I just have it. It's like, no, I don't believe you. Nope, nope, nope. Got nothing shady here. Nothing shady here. I would definitely have something shady going on. Oh, yeah. 100%. That's why he has this helmed horror. 100%. Thalorn's Safe Journeys Wagon Works sells wagons for a stiff 150 gold piece each, but they're the highest quality. You can also make wagons to custom specifications in a 10-day, but such orders cost up to 175 gold pieces per undercarriage. Thalorn once made a seaworthy sloop on wheels, but it took a month and he charged 4,500 GP for it. The pungent smell of tanned oils and leathers fills Chalcelin's fine harness. The walls display leather saddles, reins, yokes, harnesses for working beasts of all sizes. Stylus leather jackets, long coats, capes, Caps, boots, leggings, bracers, belts, bellicles, and full leather armor are also in stock in all sizes. Owned by its founder's granddaughter, who oversees a skilled staff of three full-timers and two part-timers, Chanstrils is considered the best red large harness maker for caravan merchants. Halvers Tonlars is the only place to buy quality clothing for 100 miles around. The square, two-story building stands at the intersection of Long Road and Carn Road. Its signboard is painted with images of well-dressed lord and lady, one on each side of the board. Ornate scrollwork iron bars protect the windows. The Tarnlars used to be wagon makers, but due to competition, the family changed its trade two generations ago. The Tarnlars reinvented themselves as vendors of sturdy but fashionable clothing to appeal to the merchant and travelers making use of the long road. One Shield Quarries is also a home of skilled Dwarven stonecutter Jarth Oneshield. Jarth is also in need of mercenary warriors and adventurers to guard his dwarven and human workers while they cut stone in any of the four quarries in the hills east of town. Jarth's prices are high, but his work is good, and the pay he gives his employees. There's also, and this is a summation, Tenter Smithies, Jarth Fine Poultries, a butcher, fine stone shop, Ironhead Arms run by Fang Ironhead, a retired half-orc mercenary, uh, Mandiver's Poultries, Helene's Bathhouse and Dress Shop, and Tannery and Estoneworks. See, 
one shield right there bam hiring you to protect the quarries done quests fun i no. tarnlar tarnlar some sometimes the names in Farron are just like why why did you just throw some alphabet dice down on the ground? <laughs> this one's not as bad as some of them, yeah. but I, I don't like Tarnlar. 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 Yeah, it doesn't roll off the tongue very well. Uh, Tarnlar. I'm, I'm sorry, Hulver, but Hulver Tarnlar. I, I also the seaworthy sloop on wheels. I'm like, was that just someone having some fun world building, or was that like this one time my party did it? Yeah, I want and to, this is how much I charge them. I want a car boat. I want a car, a boat. car boat. I want to be like James Bond. Car boat. 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 It's like, what do we do with the horses with the car boat? Ah, the swim or something? <laughs> Put them on the boat. Put them, Put them on the boat. boat. Make it arc sized. Car boat. Yeah, no, that's definitely what happened. You know that's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> Some party just got obsessed with the idea of a car, a car boat. boat. They're like, what do we do with our wagons when we get on our boat? What do we do with our boat when we get on our wagons? Wait a yep. second. <laughs> big brain <laughs> idea now. Yeah. Red Large doesn't have a jail or court. A building attached to the butchers is a closest thing. Harbarks employs four trustees who bunk in adjacent buildings. And trustees are assistant constables who work for Jalessa the butcher as cutters and preservers brining and salty meats then sealing it into small kegs for shipments and storage harbrook and his trustees discuss matters of law enforcement and peacekeeping while butchering they've also been known to hang drunks by their belts from meat hooks to sober up galkers is a seedy wooden building serves as red large used tools and good shops it's a barber and an unofficial tavern for locals Inside is the clutter shop full of lounging customers, most of them men, in no particular hurry to be waited on, with old hair clippings trodden underfoot with on sagging board floors. Morlando Gilker is the shopkeeper and barber. In addition to providing grooming, he deals in used and sometimes shady items with no questions asked. Gilker's true trade is unsuspected by other red larchers. He runs the shop as a front for his counterfeiting business. Gelker coats cheap coins or simple iron plugs in thin plating of more valuable metals, then marks them with appropriate stamps and dyes of his own making. Finally, Villavor's sundries, aside from the bewildering profusion of doors, barrels, uh, rotting old furniture, and tools leaning against the outside of its walls, this building looks like a private home. A small fading sign on the front door reads, Velivo Sundries. Rooms are crammed to the rafters with new wares and used items of all sorts. Indrith Velivo is a retired caravan merchant who sells new and used goods. Furniture, lamps, carpets, mirrors, weapons, shields, helms, and a little bit of everything else. Almost anything might be available to buy here buried under heaps of other stuff. Villavo carries a good running inventory in his head. He's the only vendor in town selling blank books and parchment. I love this Galker counterfeiting business. Galker, yeah. I love this too. <laughs> counterfeiting barber, yeah. <laughs> kind of a tavern. Yeah, like so, is... uh, yeah, I love this every, every man, even when... Uh... <laughs> I love that. Shopkeeper and barber yeah <laughs> deals and use items no questions asked i also love this idea of uh you go up to get some meat and you're like what's that guy hanging over there for the guy he was <laughs> yeah, drunk last night was not <laughs> see he's still drunk now that's not true 
I, the butcher being the the police is terrifying. Body, I see. I think this place grab a uh, red larch Westbridge, which is a bit above it. You could even fold in some other places. You know, Amphail, yeah. Yard. Depending on where you want to go, you could even fold in some. Also, if you just Google red larch, there's a real nice map of red larch that yeah. I imagine is from Storm King's Thunder. No, Princes of the Apocalypse. Princes of the Apocalypse happens all in the Disarm Valley here. Oh. Storm King's Thunder, I think, yeah. also goes around this place, though. It's more in the north, but... Uh, yeah, yeah, it does touch on it. here is also included. Yeah, it does touch on it, but, like, Princes of the Apocalypse goes, like, more in-depth with it. Cool. Oh. Well, there's yeah. a really nice map of Red Larch, which, in my mind, does not look big enough for 600 people, but I don't know how that works at all. I don't know how. Yeah. Uh, Maybe, but... like, 600, like, with the area, with farms and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I'm just not good at scale. Maybe this is what 600 people looks like. But I think this would be a real fun setting if you wanted to do a bit of a Western campaign. Mm, Yeah, yeah. Oh, I guess you go here in Baldur's Gate or something, too, because there's a video game screenshot of it. Uh, But yeah, I think if you wanted to run like a, you know, a Western Frontier campaign, you take Red Larch, fold it in with Amphail and stuff around. You know, Amphail's got the horses. Yep, (laughs) yeah. Grab Red Red Larch, Amphail, the Golden Fields. I mean, Gold Rush, that is, which the quarry is. Yeah, that's it, That is straight up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's just straight up. The quarry. The quarry, this is all just very, very classic Western tropes. Bandits coming in. You have the casino, the High Flagon. Being like, you know, oh, they are, this is a great Western. You're you're exactly right. And then, like, bandits could be doing, like, robberies of, like, you know, money uh, shipments or something going into uh, Waterdeep. Like, that's why there's, like, kind of, like, bandits and stuff here is because, like, you know, they hit the caravans. I mean, also because of the quarry And the quarry rush. And, yeah, that's, yeah, that's great. Calls bandits, too. Yeah. And I think uh, people always talk about how in uh, Lost Minds of Fendelver, Fandolin, is a great Western, mm-hmm. and it is. That campaign could be run as a great Western campaign, and that area also feels very frontier. Yeah. Um, but I think this is an equally great place for uh, your frontier campaign, and you're actually just kind of a little bit south of um, Lost Minds of Fandalver. So, like, if you wanted to keep the Western feel going, yeah. you could, like, send your party down over into this area. You know, all you got to do is cross the little uh, Sword Mountains Old Owl Well, Coneyberry, cross that. You go straight to Red Larch, and you could just combine Fandolin and Red Larch and just have this nice uh, Western campaign. Yeah, yeah, that's genius. That's genius. That's great. I think it'd be really, yeah, you get a... You know, get an artificer in there that's kind of, you know, with spurs and chaps <laughs> and uh, have your wizard keep the, uh, uh, have the wizard keep their wand in a holster on their hip. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I love that. Oh, that'd be so much I fun. Think you could do a fantastic Western themed campaign here with all the, all the tropes, <sighs> just great. instead of a, all the tropes. Yeah. Instead of bandits hitting um, a train, they're hitting, well, a train, but a caravan train. A yeah, caravan train. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, ah, great, fantastic. Yeah. You have a fight instead of a fight on top of a train. You have a fight on top of uh, carriage. Yeah, car- ah. carriages. Oh, that'd on be so On top of carriages, cool. you 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 hide in the carriages, waiting for the bandits to strike. And then when they do, you climb up on top and start shooting your crossbows at the bandits as they ride up on their horses. Or like slinging spells. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. 
Okay, and yeah, like, I love because this. it's a because it's a caravan. You can even be jumping from carriage to carriage. You know, maybe one of them you push an enemy and he falls onto one of the carriages, but it's one of those wagons with the uh, fabric top, and they fall <laughs> through it and land in the heap of flour and minerals. Oh, it could be so much fun. Western campaign, Red Larch Western campaign, Red Larch Western campaign. Yeah, I saw someone recently online say like cowboys and uh witches are quite similar big floppy hats brew potions or alcohol stuff like that so you could do like a witchy classic that'd be so good (laughs) classic you could even bring in a samurai fighter coming in from karatur or wherever you want you know Uh, they existed at the same time okay so um now we're gonna do the summer hills in the southwestern summer hills stands four ruined keeps built centuries ago by a band of adventurers the Knights of the Silver Horn. According to most locals, these crumbling stone castles are haunted by ghosts and prowling monsters. Sensible valley dwellers avoid them. The first is Feather Gale Spire. Home to the flamboyant Feather Gale Society, this tall stone tower stands on a height commanding splendid views across the Sumber Hills. It can be seen from afar by anyone traversing the hills and is used as a private retreat by elite hippogriff flight club, compromised of rich water Davians calling themselves the Feathergale Knights. These knights uh, affect a dashing image and are given to drinking, singing, and wearing fashionable clothing and general revelry. I like this kind of like oh yeah flight club, this like <laughs> rich person flight club. Like, ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, uh, so far, these are fitting with the Western theme. I think pretty good. You know, you always yeah. have the uh, high society in there somewhere, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, doing uh, r- ridiculous things. You know, the people that are um, the uh, exclusive cart of the train, right? But instead, there are these Feathergale knights. I think it could also be kind of fun if they got uh, disposed out of their keep by bandits, mm. you know, and you got to go get yeah. it back. And it turned out they weren't very good knights. <laughs> they were just good at doing these uh, flying club stuff. Yeah. <laughs> they're not knights great. at all. It's just what they call themselves. And you're like, aren't you knights? And they're like, eh, save us adventurers. It's more, more of like an image. It's like, where's your hippogriffs? <laughs> they took them. <laughs> they took our hippogriffs. And you're like, okay, go to the casino, waste your money, and we'll, we'll get your keep back. Uh, save some money for us, though. Yeah. Uh, Sacred Stone Monastery. This keep is actually an old stone temple built on a rocky vale at the southern edge of Summer Hills. It was recently reborn as the Sacred Stone Monastery, home to reclusive monks dedicated to a mysterious way of the Sacred Stone. I, I like this if you wanted to, I don't know, like, yeah, play like a weird monk order. Also fun to be like, kind of get that bit of like Western meets uh, Eastern kind of vibe. Earth Genasi Monk. Yeah, Earth Genasi Monks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. So this, uh, you know, bandits have started coming. Gold rush. Banditry is everywhere. There's orcs. There's humans. There's, you know, maybe some Kenku bandits. Whatever. Uh, Golden Age. Nameless man, Mr. Blue Eyes and his party, the party, roll into town to start saving everything. And one of the members of the party is uh, Kensei Monk, just because, or Shadow Monk, either way from this sacred stone monastery they've decided to stop being reclusive well the rest are going to stay reclusive but they've decided that they need to get involved and they send this party member out joins the party in the campaign to stop all the banditry yeah 
Yeah, I think that would be That's fine. where you get your uh, samurai that rolls in with the cowboys. I think that'd be cool. Yeah, I think that'd be really cool. And I think all of these keeps that we're going to continue talking about, I think is cool because uh, you can repurpose them all as bandit hideouts or, um, you know, you could even have the Feathergale Knights instead of being disposed and kicked out of their keep. Instead, they have been corrupted by the bandits. Right. Maybe they're even... Uh, Maybe they're even funding some of the bandits, and they they won't admit it though. You have to like suss it out and you know do intrigue and subterfuge to get them to admit it. Maybe they're even harboring bandits like in their mm. basement. Yeah, yeah, I think that's it too. Like you think of westerns, of course, it's based in North America, um, and they were you know cowboys taking uh, the Native American land away, being shitty. But I like the idea, like that cowboy trope of like the wild frontier, the like wild frontier farmer all this but with ruins you know ruins of ancient civilizations i think that that kind of Mm -hmm. juxtaposition is really fun yeah 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 also like samurai movies and cowboy movies are exactly the same oh yeah well a lot of times they just have the same script (laughs) yeah exactly that's what i'm saying they're the exact same genre of movie yeah um the way they're filmed and everything you could take a and so like if you want to have inspiration minus the colonialism just look at the samurai movies yeah yeah exactly and uh bingo bango there's your uh there's your thing yeah exactly yeah scarlet moon hall deep in the wild heart of slumber the hills stands scarlet moon hall the abode of the druids of the Circle of the Scarlet Moon. To folks of the Saren Valley, this is the most mysterious of the haunted keeps. It stands deep in the summer hills where the worst monsters are. And as a result, local hunters, prospectors, herbalists, and woodcutters rarely go near the place. Oh, sweet. Okay, so we got bandits that are also freaking werewolves. Oh, done. yeah, yeah. Done. done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweet. Yeah. And the thing I like about these keeps that are all here is they give you, um, aside from the monastery, well, mm-hmm. still, the monastery gets fucked halfway through. And yeah. your Kensei monk is like, we have to go return honor to my people. Yeah. Picking up the katana. Let's go. <laughs> and then everyone else is like, why have you unsheathed your sword? Epic moment. But dude, we're still like two days away from the monastery. We're not just going to start sprinting there. Swords drawn. Let yeah. me have my moment. We were going to hard cut to us being there. Don't you know how scripts work? Dude, we're not in a movie. How many times do we have to tell you this? We're not in a play. There's no hard cuts here. We're going to be shitting and pissing and eating on the way there. And we're going to experience it all. And the samurai is just like, I am a brooding monk. I am a serious... I am serious and brooding. Don't let me lose this moment. And then instead, the DM hard cuts to that guy, like, taking a poop. Um, But so it gives you a nice, like, tears of locations to hit to like it's like okay so we've we've put a dent in the uh put a dent in the red brand ruffians right yeah by attacking the i don't know we haven't talked about it yet but the river guard keep you know now we've put a now okay we've yeah. dealt with them now it's time to figure out where the um the silver shields are located right they're they're another gang you know it's mm-hmm. gang warfare yeah. is what's going on here essentially right and now you right. gotta go on to the silver shields yeah. and nobody knows where the silver shields are located well it turns out the feathergale knights the the feathergale knights just are the silver shields and just no one knows this right um and they're harboring right. them and so now right. you've got to yeah, like yeah, trick yeah. them you know maybe you invite them to the casino and uh do some subterfuge classic uh, kind of a uh, cowboy intrigue spy stuff going on you know um really play up the uh noble nature of samurais and then now yeah, then yeah. halfway through that when you finish that oh shit the sacred stone monastery got attacked by what wait what did you just say 
bandits that turned into monsters? Holy right, yeah. shit. Okay, so you go free the Sacred Stone Monastery, which leads you to Scarlet Moon Hall. While this is happening, you know, caravans are getting attacked, and you've got to deal with protecting the caravans while hitting all these locations. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Freaking so sweet. sweet. And then you get to Scarlet Moon Hall, and yeah, bandits, they're wearing cowboy hats. <laughs> they're wearing, um, you know... Uh, Bandoliers? What is the... Uh, no, they're wearing... Yeah, oh, they're wearing bandoliers. They're wearing cowboy hats. They've got... Uh, freaking crossbows but they're also wearing um you know plate uh what is it plate mail that's like um you know like uh, what is it called scale mail heavy mm-hmm. armor scale mail uh, right like scale samurai mail, armor they're also samurai wearing armor, samurai yeah. armor um and on top of on top of wearing samurai armor with katanas cowboy hats bondoliers crossbows they're also freaking werewolves yeah. <laughs> you just turn it it's like a you you walk in and this hat tips up by this claw and underneath the cowboy hat is just a fucking werewolf <laughs> who picks up a crossbow and shoots you taking a bolt off his bondolier as his friend jumps from the ceiling with a katana also a werewolf <laughs> fantastic just camp it's so camp i it's love so it camp. yeah i love that i love that so much so you found us have you <laughs> tips up the cap and it's just like there's a fucking cowboy werewolf oh uh, yeah oh uh, yeah <laughs> okay well even though you you evoked it uh river guard keep this stout castle stands on the banks of the Desarin river it consists of a stone keep and gatehouse linked by a curtain wall to a river tower and dock river guard is home to a mercenary band led by lord of the castle quote unquote jolliver grimjaw the band is repairing the old castle and re-roofing is their current major task they claim their intent is to make Riverguard keep their base for protecting riverborn trade from monsters and bandits. Grimjaw is a bad guy in he's part of the Arankar in Bleach. Okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> and he fucking when he does his Arankar version of the Bankai, you know what he turns into? What? He turns into a were panther. Ooh, ooh. You dude, just turn did you watch the Iron Car Arc of Bleach yeah. and make this guy fucking Grimjaw. <laughs> That'd be sweet. <laughs> That'd be so cool. Yeah, I, And he's I, the mastermind behind everything. I think that oh, I think great. that would be really cool to do like, yeah, your local thing, either your locals of Red Large or the around the, the surrounding area. And like, yeah, there's bandits to activity and it's it's been happening for a while, you know, the gold rush, people going to war deep, but like it's re- getting really out of hand. Yeah. And like clean, like organized, like before they would just like kind of run out, but like it's getting like organized. So you're like, well, someone's must be organizing them. Uh, and then like, yeah, that's how you find like, Oh, the nobles that are funding it. And these people who are like, you know, supposed to be mercenary protectors, but they're letting it happen. Like, yeah, that's how you get like the, the kind of tangled web of yeah, the, yeah uh conspiracy of like whoever's running this and then you finally get like you know in the end you're like wait but where okay the they've stolen all this money but like none of the keeps had piles of gold where it's all going and then you're like wait the high flag in casino yeah that'd be like that's where you could keep a bunch of money sweet i also think it'd be cool if like so i would run this as gang warfare yeah right get three gangs get three gangs going on that are rivals but they're also just like scourge of this frontier land right this way you get that intrigue right your players could try and play the gangs against each other you know maybe there's there's oh yeah fucking yojimbo yeah exactly yojimbo exactly or uh what is it the the bad and the ugly fistful of dollars yeah Uh, yeah 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 yeah. do you want samurai you want cowboy you want both (laughs) 
Exactly. <laughs> Same freaking time. <laughs> also, as they always say, you know what else existed in real life at the same time as cowboys, cowboys and samurais? Victorian Pirate. dandies. Oh. <laughs> and pirates. Victorian and pirates. <laughs> and pirates. So your party is a cowboy with a crossbow, who I imagine is maybe an artificer, so you can get the yeah. repeat crossbow. You've got a Kensei monk or a samurai fighter. Um, then you've got the Victorian dandy, which is maybe a bard, who's always like, ah! Be a spirits bard, so you also get that, like, kind of, you know, culty flavor. And then your final member is a swashbuckler rogue pirate perfect party samurai cowboy dandy (laughs) pirate oh cow perfect perfect party um if you have a fifth member get uh order of the lichen blood hunter and it's one of the scarlet moon lichen lycanthrope bandits who have scorned their evil ways and are deciding to turn to the side of good that could be pretty fun and then gang warfare but the gangs kind of have like a i would say that the inciting incident or one of them could be that like so you start off right and the gangs kind of have this agreement right so that they're they're all in the same area but they all want to make money and they none of them can afford to go to war with each other right right so you know at first you're just dealing with these gangs that have an agreement but then something happens and all the gangs their truce their agreement is broken and all-out gang warfare starts with red larch right in the freaking center people are dying everything's terrible what do you you know just drop the party there done Now they yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. they have to like play these gangs against each other while also stopping them. And then it turns out there's one person behind the scenes who's funding all the gangs. Mm, yeah. You know, yeah. there's there's the United States behind there <laughs> that's making profit off the gang warfare, who all the gangs think is their like patron. But actually, this guy's just playing them all against each other. And it's the freaking casino owner. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. Then you can have, at Riverguard Keep, you can have a great final stand. Either they're sieging you or you're sieging them. Super fun. Yeah, super fun. Oh, I love that. Yeah, this is great. This is I great. I want to play this. I want to play, play this, 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 this cowboy, samurai, Victorian dandy, <laughs> pirate party, western. Also, if you want to be boring, all this these keeps are from Prince of the Apocalypse. If you want to get boring about it. But our idea is better. <laughs> <laughs> that's it for a jury today. Remember, gotta cut them off at the pass. You gotta cut them off at the pass. <laughs> uh, next episode, we'll cover the Northern Desarin Valley. Thank you, Lily, for joining me. Yeah. And blend us for the theme music around the fire. You can find them on Bandcamp. Links in the description of the episode. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And have a great long rest. Bye.